Sorry there's no bulletin today, but um, before everything crashed on Pastor Roger's computer, he sent me the file, but I have a Mac. He doesn't have a Mac. When I went to print it, it was layered. And uh, so um, he's in desperate need of a a new computer. And so... um, um, He's in desperate need, and I'm in even more desperate need that he has a computer. <laughs> but because uh, he, he looks after our website and all our design stuff, and so uh, uh, if you can help out, that'd be great. Um, you don't have to talk to me. You can go directly and talk with him. That'd be great. And uh, they were just away for a week. And um, so I uh, went as far as Saskatoon, I believe, and up to Edmonton, and up to... Um, is it Vagerville, where they have that big Easter egg? Um, and uh, so they had a, a great time. In fact, they have some friends here, and I'm sorry I forget your name, um, but there's some friends here from uh, Spruce Grove, and um, they are ministering in Guatemala. I guess that's where, where you met. Um, why don't you come and introduce them? save me any embarrassment of getting it wrong and maybe ask a couple of questions um, of what they do and why they do it either way there you go they speak Spanish fluently (laughs) so yeah these are our friends Matt and Kerry Matt well Matt he's from Alberta right you you were born in Spruce Grove where BC Oh, you're from BC. Okay, BC. But they live in Alberta. Live in Alberta. So yeah. Okay, they they have a fruitful ministry in Guatemala. They have a fruitful ministry in Guatemala, and um, they work uh, with orphans. And I, from what I remember, well, they have an orphanage there in Guatemala, and they are doing a lot of work with families in a in a really poor area of Guatemala, uh, close to El Salvador. But I will let them. Talk to you a little bit and say hi. All right, Matt and Kerry. Thank you for having us here, Roger. We we met Roger and Megan in Guatemala. Megan was part of our missionary leadership training program 2009, and Roger was going to the Bible college there. Uh, so we just wanted to meet with them. We were down here, and uh, so what we we do in Guatemala, uh, we've been there since more or less 2009 full time. We have a children's home. We're actually in the process of rebuilding it. Um, long story, but we're, we're rebuilding it, and it's working with a lot of foster care children, uh, children that come out of the through the courts, uh, and and they they have families, but it's it's they need healing, they're abused, they're neglected, all those kind of things. So that's what we're working through, and also but also trying to reconnect them. The main goal is to connect and uh, uh, work with the families. So you could consider it a lot of a family ministry. Yeah. And uh, my wife just started, Carrie just started a special needs program in the community, and I'll let her uh, explain that. But that's really what our heart is, is it's taken a long time for Guatemala to get to the situation where families are, are fractured and broken. It'll take a, a long time to, to get back. So that's our heart, is to see reconciliation and healing in children and in families. Good morning. Um, yeah, we just started a program for special needs children, and my heart was to have Guatemalans run the program. So it's a volunteer program, and we started just with um, one Christian school invited us to come in, and I started with three different ladies, and we went in and started working with kids with special needs, and prayed and prayed and prayed, and now we have, uh, we have specialists that are working with us that are volunteering their time to help these children. Because in our area, about two years ago, they took out, the government took out all the special needs programming. So there's nothing. So if you have a classroom of 25 children and someone has Down syndrome, they're just with the teacher. And the teacher doesn't have help. So I saw this need. And, um, and that's what I think God's calling a lot of people in the body of Christ to do. When you see a need, become a volunteer. Go in and uh, make a difference. So that's what we're doing in Guatemala. And the mayor of the town just gave us a free clinic to use. So God is really just blessing it. Really, we haven't invested money in it. We've invested in people, and uh, we've invested in our talents and our gifts, and God's really blessing it. So, bless you. 
Thank you. So um, you go down there. How are you supported? Uh, <laughs> we raise our own. We raise our own support. I, I, uh, we have a charitable organization here in Canada that we've had for 17 years, and so we we're, we we raise our own support through so you're fundraising. A faith movement. Yes, and I also do this. I'll share this because this is one of our favorite fundraising things because it's actually using what you're good at. Um, and th- we use this more to raise funds for projects or, or things. Uh, you, guys weren't, you guys weren't there when we did it, the first time we... It's called the Good Initiative. Yes, the, the running? The running. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, I've done ultramarathons. So the Sinister Seven that's happening out in Crow's Nest Pass this weekend, I did that a few years ago. I've done the death race. That's what, I have gifts to do crazy events and stuff. So... I've done those kind of things to really what the idea is God has given us the gifts and abilities and talents to use whatever they are. Your pastor here can preach. Roger can play the guitar. I can't really play the guitar or sing. You don't want me to. But I can run. And I can come up with and I can inspire people to do stuff. So I, it started doing that. And then throughout the years we've, we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars but not just me, but people from Guatemala, Canada, United States participating. Did push-ups, 10,000 push-ups in a week, jumping jacks, baking bread, iced tea sales. So that's really a part of our heart too, is for the body of Christ to f- discover what they're good at and use it to impact uh, the community, but also use it beyond that. How can you use it to help the community in a tangible way so a lot of what we do like you said uh, like I said a lot of what we do is we raise our own we raise our own funds and and with businesses churches and and uh, individuals awesome well thank you welcome them here and thank them for sharing it's awesome um, well do you need a Footstool or anything, Megan? Just now, don't you overwork her, Pastor Roger? Amen. I've known for a while, and I've sworn to secrecy. Do you know how hard that is for me? Um, especially when somebody's uh, expecting. Um, but that's awesome, and so we're excited for them. I want to share with you this morning, and there is an outline. I don't know if you, if everybody got one when you came in. Did anybody, did anybody not receive a sermon outline when you came in and you want to take notes? Anybody? Everybody's got something? Okay. Make an airplane if it's boring, whatever. But um, I want to talk this morning on power for living, power to become. Power for living and power to become. John chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 13, King James Version, the one the Apostle Paul had, says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Say, power to become. Power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As many as received him, To them gave he power to become. Father, we're so grateful for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the freedom we have to worship you. We thank you for ministries of other, from other nations that we can celebrate and pray for and, and say, Lord, continue to bless. Lord, bless your word this morning. Help us as we endeavor to listen to your spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, allow me to be hidden behind the cross and let my words be pleasing. And Lord, let it be your word today that we hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Power to become. For as many as received him, they now have potential. Say potential. I have potential. You do. You have potential to become who and what God wants you to be. And so we need to take advantage of our potential, the potential of all that God offers to those who come into his kingdom. Last week, we talked a bit about 
uh, entrepreneurship and how, how God uses and some kind of springboarding off last week's message to this one. And uh, I really believe that God does not offer to anyone just to be mediocre. Come on. He doesn't want us just to be mediocre. Say, Kesarasara, whatever will be, will be. We have purpose. He has a plan for our life. He's got potential life, and he wants us to become all he has ordained for us. We live in such a power-hungry society. Everybody wants power. We want power on the gas pedal. You know, the more power we have, hey, I got my truck back. And uh, keep praying for my truck that uh, it'll continue to have power. I, I love it. I got a new exhaust system put on a while ago. When you hit the, hit the throttle, it sounds mean. You know, brrr. My wife was outside my truck the other day, and it was just idling, and she says, boy, that's noisy. I said, it's great, right? And anyway, it's... Um, how many of you know what a thrush muffler is? Anybody? Some of you do. I used to have a... This one doesn't have a thrush, but anyway. However that got in there, I'm not sure, but... We live in a power-hungry society, but who has power to become a servant? Who has power to lay down their life? Who has power to prefer others instead of themselves? Our God offers power that is not of this world. There's a couple of words that I want to look at in Scripture that refer to power. And... uh, In John chapter 1, verse 12, is one of them, to them gave he power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power. And Jesus was letting every follower know that when we enter his kingdom, we must have power. We need a power source in the kingdom of God. Amen? We need power. Let's be reminded this morning, it takes God in order to serve God. There's too many people trying to serve God without God's help. As many as received him, to them gave he power. The first word is exousia. Exousia. If you're a wordsmith, whatever, you can look look it up in Strong's Concordance. It's number 1849. It means delegated authority. Delegated authority. Power, jurisdiction, strength. Exousia. That's that John chapter 1 verse 12 where as many as received him to them gave he power, delegated authority. The other word is dunamis. Dunamis, the Latin word that we get from there is dynamite. Dunamis or dynamite, the miraculous power, the explosive power. You shall receive explosive power. Friends, the church of Jesus Christ, now take this correctly, otherwise you'll get me in trouble. The church of Jesus Christ, we are really holy Terrorists. Come on now. Not that, you know, ISIS or those guys, but we're holy terrorists. We can go anywhere and God can turn the environment around. We can be in Canada, Calgary, Edmonton, Guatemala, wherever. We can go wherever and God can turn the environment around. We have explosive power through Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit. Dynamite is not always used in a destructive sense. It's also used in a constructive sense. If you've ever driven through the Rogers Pass, you know that one area where they went through that mountain and they built that new bridge. There was a lot of dynamite used to carve that opening in that big rock. It's used for a constructive sense as well. Mountains are reduced for highways and bridges. Think about the things in our life that we have come to Christ with and we're not able to get rid of on our own power. Think about the struggles and the bad patterns, addictions and strongholds and demonic bondages. But when we come to Christ, he gives us power to overcome. Amen? Christ wants to be our source, nothing or nobody else. He wants to be our source. We plug into him. You know how the new electrical cords, I was going to bring one. The new electrical cords, they've got three prongs, right? You know, one for the ground. Well, friends... We have him, we have the Trinity, we have three-pronged power. Three-pronged power. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, new or old, everyone who comes to him receives power to become. Everyone. As many as received him, to them gave he power 
to become. I love it. How many of you have ever had anything in your life that was less than Christ honoring? And you really wanted to see it put out of your life. Anybody? Anybody in your life had anything that was less than Christ honoring? You know, some habit, some... Anybody? Hands up. Way up. Now hold him there, because I want to ask you what it was. No, 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 I won't. Sometimes, though, we've had things in our life that were less than Christ honoring. Whether it be an explosive temper, whether it be whatever it might be. Less than Christ honoring. And maybe you've struggled with something and you have prayed and you said, God, I don't want this to be a part of my life. And then God just took the desire away. Just like that. Just boom. Zip. It's gone. You don't do it anymore. You don't desire it anymore. In fact, when you see it, it grieves you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you see it now, you maybe used to be a part of that, and now you see it, it grieves you. See it going on in the world, it grieves you. There's so many things in our world that I, I think are, are grieving a lot of people these days. Whether it be in politics or nations and um, spiritual world, it just it grieves us. Well, God uses his word for citizenship kind of in an executive way. John says, all who received him, he gives exousia. It's a different kind of authority. He gives a, he gives a delegated authority, and he gives an executive order. Christ says that when we come to him, we don't understand the fundamentals of this Christian dimension. We're adopted in. We're grafted in. We don't know. We don't understand totally at first how the family of God operates, how his family functions. We don't understand this Christianity thing. So Christ says, he says to every one of us who comes, he says, I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to give you power. Wow. Then he's received him. To them gave he power. Remember when Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit? He breathed on them. Remember when Jesus sent out his disciples and he said, go in my name, you shall do, and he lists a whole bunch of things. He gave them delegated authority. Now, it's interesting. When Jesus told his disciples to go and do things, he said to them, go and heal the sick. Now, James, he says, go pray for the sick. But Jesus said, now, obviously you're praying, but Jesus said, go and heal the sick. He's given us power. He's given us authority. He's given us position We can go in his name as he would and accomplish things in our world and in our society. Everyone who comes to him. Now I know there's, you know, bat the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I know all that. But I'm just saying that when we come to Jesus Christ, he gives us power to become. He says, "I'm, I'm authorizing you to act on my behalf. We need to make sure the enemy doesn't come in and, and uh, well, let, let me back up. First of all, I think what, what the Lord is saying to us is um, we're kind of in stampede mode right now. Let's look at Jesus as being the sheriff. And all of you that know Christ are his deputies, okay? And so we were, we're his deputies. And then when Jesus said to his disciples, and he was going to ascend. He said, now, you go to Jerusalem and wait there. And then I'm going to do you with power. And all these things are going to happen. And so Jesus, that's what the word, what's the word I want to use. Jesus, um, there's a word I'm searching for. He changes your job description from deputy to sheriff. He's given you all the authority and all the power Now you're a sheriff. And he says, you're not going to be deputies anymore, but my power will come upon you and you're going to be a sheriff. And he's saying to us, listen, we need to watch over our communities. We need to watch over our families. You're now priesthood. You've been made kings and priests under our God. We need to make sure the enemy doesn't come in and take your marriage. Your family, your talents, your gifts, your abilities. 
Jesus says, I'm authorizing you on my behalf. He says, I'm going away, but I'm going to give you power, dunamis, and the same authority I have, the same energy that I have, I'm going to give you, in fact, greater work shall you do, because I'm going to my Father. I don't know why we don't jump up and down. I know, it's church. Whatever. Greater work shall you do because I'm going to my Father. Friends, it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to serve notice on the enemy. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We don't have to take some of these things. No, take it. When we step out of darkness into the kingdom of light, we receive something and it's up to us to activate it. God's word says when you come into into this kingdom, you get a citizenship, you get a passport, you get understanding, you get all the paperwork you need in scripture, you have rights. And he says, you're not orphans anymore, you're my children. Come on. When you consider all that is given to everyone who comes to Christ, it can overwhelm you. Just begin to sit down sometime with a pen and paper and write all the things that the scripture says you have received through Jesus Christ. You can have power when you pray. You can call those things that aren't as if they were. You ask anything in my name, Jesus said, it'll be done for you by my Father. If you don't doubt in your heart whatsoever you ask for, it will be done. Believe and you shall receive. You can't throw those scriptures out. We can't cut those out and say, well, that was for before. How many believe with me that the church of Jesus Christ in this day and age, we need to step it up? We need to come up to another level. I was looking, trying to find a, we got some seeds somewhere at home, and I wasn't sure where they were, but just pretend I have a, a corn seed, corn kernel. The seed, the corn seed, has the capacity to produce ears of corn. You that have farmed or gardened, whatever. It has the potential. Whether or not it goes through the process to do that depends on the farmer or the gardener. That seed can become food to feed your family and your family's family. But if it doesn't go through the process so that it can maximize its potential, we can't get upset at the one who gave you the seed, whether it be the store or your neighbor or friend or whatever. We can't go back and say, this seed is useless. Paul said of Jesus in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, Now, the one who has fashioned us for the very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit. He's given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. King James Version uses a really old word, says the earnest, a deposit inside of you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says we have this treasure, okay, we have this Treasure this deposit in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God says, I'm going to plant something inside of you. And I want it to germinate and grow. I want it to become. Now one of the saddest things is when believers don't reach their potential. Don't reach their potential. The Apostle Paul struggled with that, and he said in Hebrews 5.12, he said, you should be on meat right now, but you're still on milk. He's saying, you're not maximizing. You're not growing. You're not developing. You're not developing your potential. How many of you would agree that maybe, just, just maybe, it might be just a slight maybe, we should be on another level in our walk with Jesus Christ? How many would say, yeah, I should be on another level in my walk with Jesus Christ? Anybody? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, maybe. Another level. Yes. I believe we should. And how many know we can't blame God 
Scripture is quite clear in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, he has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. We can't blame God. But God, you didn't give me enough talent. You didn't give me enough ability. No. He's already given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. So what we have, he's already given. Now he's expecting us to do something about it. And if we will make up our minds to go through the process, we will become the kind of believer that we need to become and we'll have the authority of the believer like we really need. Now, can you imagine? I know there's questions about, you know, how modern our Canadian Armed Forces equipment is. But can you imagine any nation sending their armed forces into battle without any weaponry? Listen. When they go, they are empowered before they are released. I think it's amazing that a Canadian sniper, whatever your beliefs are with snipers, and it's, it's, it's strange to say he set a record, right? But he set a record in that shot, took out that ISIS guy and fouled a attack that was going to happen on the um, Iraqi people. And so, I mean, he takes somebody out from, I forget how far it was, but it was over two and a half kilometers or some goofy thing. Now listen, I, in my house, I have gophers. They've been plaguing me. So I had a pellet gun and didn't have enough power. All I was doing was injuring them, causing the rest of my family grief. So, honestly, it didn't really bother me that much, but anyway, it kind of did. So I went and got a new one. It looks like a sniper rifle. It's got this, it looks like a silencer on the end of the barrel, got more power, and now, one shot. She's over, Gopher, she's over. I don't know if you like gophers, if anyone likes gophers, you're welcome to come and take some from my yard, to your yard. And let them dig up your yard and cause all kinds of grief. But, you know, nobody would send their armed forces into battle without, without the right kind of weaponry. God wants to... No, just a minute now. Just wait, wait, wait a minute here. I believe this. God wants to empower some people here this morning to do great exploits for God. I believe that. Whether it's in the realm of business or education or politics. <laughs> I was talking to our, uh, and this will be on, online, so it's fine. Because he said it publicly. I was talking to our alderman at the Stampede Breakfast. And we were talking and then somebody came up and they were wearing these t-shirts, re-elect him for alderman, right? And so he says to this couple, oh, this is the... Um, the chief of this church. This is the pastor. And he's trying to save my soul. But he's not going to be able to do it. And I said to him, you're right. But I know somebody who will. And I said to this couple, how about if you join me in prayer right now? We're right in the middle out here. How about if you join me right now? We're going to pray for him right now. And, And I could see he was getting, you know how a cat on a hot tin roof would be? But he knows. And your friends who don't know Jesus Christ, they should know that you're praying for them, that you're sharing with them the story of how Christ transformed your life. Because friends, every person who's received Jesus Christ, he has given you the power to become. And he's given us the Holy Spirit that we might be empowered to witness. We might be empowered to fulfill what he's called. You will do great exploits. Not just from my excitement or whatever, but because you have within you the seed that's going to germinate if we're willing to go through the process. Daniel said, they that know their God shall do great exploits. Jesus said to his disciples, these verses are not on the screen by the way, Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will 
make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you into something. You're not what you used to be prior to coming to him. He's developing your destiny, making you into something. And he says, keep following me. Keep coming. And I am making you a fisher of men. Friends, every believer he wants to make into a fisher of men. Every one of us. I'm not saying he wants to make you into Billy Graham or Benny Hinn or... Chooks. I'm saying he wants to make us all into a fisher of men. And every one of us, when we came to know Jesus Christ, every one of us has a story. We all have a story. This is what we were. Some people think, well, you know, I never, I wasn't like this other person. I wasn't, you know, drug dealer. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't steal. I didn't do all these things. I was generally, when I came out of the womb, I was kind of a model kid. And some people, they wonder even when it was they became a Christian. They were so good, they just kind of... And they say, well, I don't really have a story. Friends, you have a story to be envied. Because you were never into some of the depths other people were. You have a story to be envied. You don't have to be the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, persecuting Christian Christians, to have an amazing story. We all have a story. And we all have a seed in us. We all have the power of God. When we came to know Jesus, we have within us the ability to become. And you say, well, you know the Bible, I mean, there's 66 books in the Bible. How am I going to get to know all the Bible? No, 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 no. Jesus didn't say, memorize the 66 books. Jesus said, follow me. And I'll make you. Just follow me. And I'll make you. There's no self-help tricks when it comes to Christianity. We have to follow the Lord. And he imparts and he develops and he makes us into the people of God that are called to give him glory and praise on this earth. So let's look at this process. The Bible says in Romans 8.11 If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. How many of you Believers in Jesus Christ have the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead. Does anybody have that same spirit? I know you're not used to responding and talking, but I need to see your hands. How many of you have that same spirit? Okay, now, we have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Because whoever receives him receives that power, that dunamis, That Holy Spirit. The interesting thing is, Jesus dies on the cross. They put him in the tomb. Jesus Christ did not get up from the dead by himself. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, the Holy Spirit invades the lifeless body and quickens him and he gets up. Don't burn me as a heretic. You know, we can get into the Trinity, three and one, all that kind of thing, but it was the Spirit of God that quickened the lifeless body of Jesus Christ. And so if we take that analogy, if that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and in me, Friends, we need, by that same Spirit, to begin to get up from being in despair. To get up from feeling whatever we've been feeling. He says, I'm giving you power so you can get up, you can do what I've called you to do, and be whom I've called you to be. Don't take it sitting down. Get up. Stand up. Pray, believe, confess, stand on the word. I wasn't trying to be sacrilegious. Stand on the word. And we will see the results of heaven in our life. 
as many as received him believed he gave the power to become. We're plugged into the power source. (laughs) If we go through the process. He wants to give us power. Over 2,000 years ago, God put the seed into the earth, his own son. And when Jesus came, everyone has the potential to be saved. And he had to go through the process to ratify it. John 12, 24 says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground. Step one, the seed has to fall into the ground. And then step two, it has, the seed has to die. Listen, if it doesn't go through the process, John says it, remain, it remains a single seed. If it doesn't go through the process, it has aborted its own purpose and its own destiny. If it doesn't go through the process. But if it goes through the process, if it dies... If it dies, then it will produce. Now, why did Jesus plan his own death? Before the foundations of the world, Scripture says the Lamb was slain. Jesus was committed to the process in order for you and I to get the promise. See, if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. I want to encourage some, some people here this morning. I want to encourage maybe all of us to maximize our potential. Jesus wants you and I to bear much fruit, not just squeak through. Joseph, his potential was determined by God to empower his family. Joseph had to go through a tremendous breaking and and process in order that he might empower his family on the other end of the, of the spectrum. Friends, somebody is waiting for you and for me to step it up. Somebody's destiny and purpose is connected to how we achieve and how we believe. Somebody's following you. Somebody's watching. And if we're forced to develop because... Friend, we are forced to develop because... We will empower and we will help someone else. We don't even know who yet. We don't even know what we're going to do, maybe. We just want to be developed enough so that when he tells us to do it, we're ready to do it and we're going to obey him. If we're going to have the skills, we're going to have the ability, we're going to have the wherewithal, we're going to have the education, we're going to have the empowerment for God to get her done. As we are living life and and following as God directs us, and getting education, and getting experience here, working and working there, doing whatever, God is preparing you for your greatest potential. Some experiences aren't very fun, right? Do you honestly think, we mentioned her last week, do you honestly think that the rich Italian aristocratic woman knew that she was going to leave all that she had and go to Calcutta and help thousands of little children that live in the gutters? infected with all kinds of diseases. Did Mother Teresa fully understand that when she was born? When she was born, she was just Teresa. That's all, Teresa. But she grew and she developed into Mother Teresa. She maximized her potential. She took the seed and the power of God and she was willing to let that germinate inside of her until she was fully devoted and developed to kingdom dynamics. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. When a seed is placed and pushed into the ground, you've all done it. The forces and the earth moving and the the bugs may crawl over your garden and all those things are used in the process to get the shell to break. You water it and the sun bakes it. And, because when the shell breaks, then the potential is inside, that's inside of it can be released. That's why when you begin to say, God, these people are rubbing me the wrong way. And God says, <laughs> I got you right where I want you. Because they're going to rub that hard shell right off of you. 
I'm tired of all this stuff going on in my life, God. Why don't they leave me alone? If I could just get one week of solitude and peace. There's this person, there's that person. They won't stop phoning me. That's the process. Welcome to God's world. What is God wanting? He's wanting our brokenness. He's wanting the inside of us to call out, God, I can't do it without you. And then everything begins to spring forth. Jesus said in Luke 13, 19, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It grew and, what's the next word? Became. It grew and became. Over time, we grow and we are becoming. Remember when we were kids, you know, maybe on the doorpost of one of the rooms, you had the measuring chart that you used to measure your growth or your kids' growth and how much they grew in a year. And Well, when you have a Christianity growth chart, sometimes it's hard to determine your own personal growth. It's hard to measure our growth at times in Christianity. But if you're in a situation right now that is somewhat similar to one you might have gone through a year ago, but you're handling it now in a more Christ-like manner, that's growth. That's growth. And we need to quit discouraging ourselves because we don't see quantum leaps in our Christian life. Stop it. Listen, if you're handling situations differently than you used to handle them, then it's obvious there's growth in your life. Rejoice. Thank the Lord. It may be minuscule. But if you're growing, then ultimately you're also becoming. If you're growing, you're becoming. And as you continue to grow, you'll continue to become. And over time, we go through this process. We all do. Being pushed down. Walked on. Broken open. Nudged. The ground under us is moving without notice. We find that certain walls have come down. We open up and we say, Lord... If it had not been for you at my side, I wouldn't have made it through this last trial. God, I don't know what I'm going to walk through this coming week. But God, I want to stay open to you so that the power you're giving me could grow and develop me into the person you want to be. And you begin to dance. Well, sometimes. The seed germinates and grows into a tree. That third one there is, it produces many seeds. That mustard seed, it grew into a tree. Trees provide shade. Scripture says the birds come and rest. Why God has given you and I The power to become is because ultimately he desires for, now get this, he desires for every believer that we would be a support system to provide shade and respite to others. It's not all about me.com, I'm sorry. God is wanting us, he's put his spirit in us, he's put the seed in us that it might germinate and grow, that we might become this tree that will provide shade and support for others. Too often we're too quick to burn somebody up. And we need to be quick to cover them and provide shade for them. Scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins. Not exposing everybody's dirty laundry. Not pointing out everybody's faults. It's not highlighting everybody's wrong actions to everybody else. It's called gossip. Stop it. He's calling us, and he's got this power within, he's got this seed that's germinating. We're going into this tree that we might be shade and we might be a support to others. Some people have been through the desert long enough and they need some shade.
Interesting, the promise that God gave Abraham was so big, it took four generations for it to come to pass. If any one of those generations had stopped in their development, God's mission and promise could have been deterred. But each one of them went through the process, and four generations later, it's Joseph who would bring them into Moses, and Moses could take them to their promised land. You and I have a purpose in what God has already prophesied. And if we were to align ourselves and say, God, I need your power. I need your power right now in my life. I want your power. I'm so hungry for more of Jesus. Can I ask you a question? Is anybody else here hungry besides for lunch? Anybody hungry for more of Jesus? Just more of his love and more of his patience, more of his grace? Just wanting to be shade for those who have been in the desert and are burning up. and Just to be some kind of refuge for those who are hurting. I mean, listen to what these folks are doing. They're just being the shade tree and refuge. And no doubt you, where you are in your neighborhood and where you're working, you're probably being a tremendous shade tree. A place where people can find refuge and rest and comfort Say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm so hungry. God, I so want your power to be evident in my life. I so want you to anoint me. And I want your plan for my life. I don't want it to be sidetracked in any way. I don't want the enemy to get into my, in any area of my life. Anybody agree with that? You don't want the enemy in any area. You just want, I just want Jesus. We used to sing some of those simple songs in Sunday school. Oh, how I love Jesus. Just want Jesus. I just want people to see Jesus. I just need his power because I run out of steam. I get up and go, got up and left. and We just need Jesus. There are people watching and following this isn't just, well, God, I, I guess I want to serve you, I guess. God is saying to us, no, 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 please, please. Get my power, please. He's saying, friends at Northwest Family Church, any guests, don't try to be a Christian and not talk with him. Don't try to be a Christian and not read his word. Don't try to be a Christian and, and not listen to what he has to say. We can't do God without God. He's saying, don't try to be a Christian and ignore me or ignore my word. You need my power to empower you so you can live the full life that I desire for you. He's got big plans for you. And I don't say that in financial terms and all the kind of way the world. I'm saying he has some people that only you can influence for the gospel. Some of you You've been defeated. Some of you, you maybe you feel like in despair. Some of you have been discouraged long enough, the Lord says. Long enough. This morning. <laughs> this has been now this morning. Is your breakthrough. This morning. Freedom is coming into your life. This morning. There's release for you. <laughs> Father. May all of us, oh Father, may we be anointed. May we be appointed. 
Father, may your power fall in this place. Father, may your people be free from sickness. May they be free from disease. May they be free from tormenting spirits and lies of the enemy. Oh God, may your power so be so real in this place that we would tremble under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, you said. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become. Power to become. Not on our own. Friends, no one in God's kingdom is self-made. Scripture says we're the sheep of his pasture. We've been made by him. I say, Father... Let there be freedom in this house this morning. May every lie of the enemy be silenced. Even every song, may every fear disappear. Whether it be fear of ourself, fear but you. Let there be freedom in this house. Father, let there be healing in this house this morning. Let there be strength for the weary. Let there be a hand that lifts to those who have been pushed down. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become of your spirit let there be power for living for all of my friends in this house power for living are you hungry for Jesus this morning or would you be one of those that would say I want more of his presence I want more of his power in my life I want more of his power when I pray. I want more power to become, to live for him. It's not a power as the world looks at power. It's that sustaining grace and ability that God places within. We're going through this process of becoming where the seed that he's placed there is undergoing all kinds of tensions and experiences. And, but if the seed doesn't die... It stays a single seed. But once it dies, and once it's broken open, it produces many seeds and a tree will grow. In that tree, many will find shade and refuge. and will bear forth much fruit. I pray it's your prayer this morning. I pray that what I'm sharing this morning is just confirming what's going on in your own spirit. Ask Pastor Roger and the musicians to come and sometimes we and I will this morning too, just open the front for people to come and you're saying, God, I maybe I understand a little better some of the things I've been going through. You're You're not trying to kill me. I'm just going through this process that I might produce. And that your power and your love in me might be more evident through my life. We can't serve God without God. We're not self-made people. And sometimes when we open the altar for people to come and just stand here and pray and 
I'm not going to do a whole emotional thing. I'm just going to say if that's you and you're saying in your prayers, God, I, I need you more today. I need, I need to surrender to you. I, I need your help. I fully agree and believe I, I can't. I can't serve you and I can't say that I'm a believer if I'm not spending time with you. I can't be the believer you want me to be and I'm not spending time listening to you and receiving instructions for my day and for my life. And I can't become without my relationship with you developing. I can't succeed in my life that you have for me without you so God I'm surrendering again to you I'm, I'm, I'm giving up I'm saying Lord okay the nudges and the circumstances and situations in my life I get it I get it you're, you're wanting me to come to that place of realization that it's when I die to myself all my own ambitions that I surrender to you and you can develop help me to grow and become. You've given me the power but got the potential but God I want to release that. I want to release my life to you. And I believe in the past there's some of you and some aren't here today but some people they want to come to the front so badly. They just want to come and in recognition of a realization they need God and they want to come so bad. But I think sometimes the enemy has some believers so locked up in religion. You've been afraid to come. Tonight, this morning you want to say, Lord, I'm going to go because I realize I need more of your power. I need more of your love. I need more of your grace. Maybe there's some habits in your life you need to change. Maybe there's some things you need to surrender to him and that's between you and God. You're saying, God, I need you. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you, God. Show me. Reveal yourself to me. Help me. Let me understand that you placed within me power to become. I want to say that he's promised that you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I pray, oh God, Holy Spirit, anoint our families. Anoint our children. Let our children be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let our youth be filled. With the, let our adults and young adults be filled with the Holy Spirit, oh God. Let our children, our youth, their adults be ministers of the Most High God. Let them be anointed. Let them operate in the gifts of the Spirit, O oh God. Lord, we need your power in this damaged world. We can't do this without you, O oh God. We can't. And we acknowledge that this morning. God, I pray that your anointing would break the yoke that's holding any of us back this morning. I wonder if we could all just stand right where we are. We're going to conclude in a few minutes, so I appreciate it if you just kind of hold steady. Sometimes somebody exiting prematurely just distracts somebody else. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor. Let alone, never mind, Pastor, you're saying to the Lord, Jesus, I'm hungry. Maybe you love the Lord and you kind of feel empty. When your car is signaling it's going to empty on fuel, where do you go? Gas station. Well, maybe some of you got to come to the Lord's gas station this morning. Say, God, I'm empty. Just kind of feel empty. I just need you to fill me, God. I just need you. I'm so hungry for you, God so hungry you know what I've been going through God and I guess I guess you're 
kind of getting me ready. The seed's going to spring forth and bring forth much fruit. Don't believe the enemy's lies any longer. God cares about you so much, and so in this house I bind the spirit of fear. I just pray, God, let freedom come in this house. Maybe that's you. You're just hungry. And you want to come at the front. Maybe you want to kneel on the steps here. Maybe you want to kneel at the chair. Maybe you just want to just stand here. Maybe you just want to sit on the front row. But just that movement to the front, you're saying, God, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I need you. You place within me that seed, and I want it to germinate, and I want to become all you want me to be. As Pastor Roger just leads us in a song or something, there, why don't you just come? Don't wait any longer. Just come. Don't wait for somebody else. You be the first. Just come. I'm hungry, God. I'm hungry. I need you. I want you more than anything else. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You want to come and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me, please. Forgive me. Take away all this guilt and shame and sin. I need you, God. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Precious Lord. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. Thank you, Jesus. We turn our 